You are listening to Within Tolerance, a podcast for machinists by machinists. I'm your host, Dylan Jackson of Prody Machining. And this week, I am very happy to welcome back Chris Sapatini. Hey, hey, Chris. I am fucking fit to be tied, baby. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get into it. Give me an update since the last time you were on. I can't remember actually what that last, I guess it was the book club with Alex, right? Uh, yeah, right. It was, yes, yeah. Before that was Jason. And so this is, that was like in October or early November, November. or something. Yeah. Yeah. November. Um, so doing a lot better, you know, mentally, emotionally, whatever. Um, like the personal update, which I told you is like dating somebody, which is the first time in like a long time. So that's neat. She's cool. Um, and then I've been working a lot, like getting back into the swing of things. I've been pretty busy since after thanksgiving really like i went to new york for a week and did a bunch of like gear hobbing on lathes uh like nakamura's and washons which i have a video it's like the best video i have of, like them measuring the gear and the guys measuring and he's like it's perfect and you're like fuck yeah <laughs> that's awesome they didn't think it was so bizarre because they're like they were skeptical that it was going to work but they spent the money for the the heads anyway and we got like better quality gears faster inside of the lathe than with the dedicated gear shaping machines which was sick and i'm going back there in two weeks um to or like nine days or something like that to uh continue let's do more shit like get two more machines going and probably like write some macros. It's actually was surprisingly easy, you know, like once I figure it, like once you figure out like the math or whatever, it's like, it's kind of cake. Like I got the sauce. I could do this on anything. <laughs> uh, I'm like telling everybody like, you need help. You need help. You need help. Yeah, all the, like, machine does gear hobbing now. Yeah. Let's do it. All the, yeah. All the machine tool guys who are like, this is hard. Nobody can figure this out. It's like, I got to figure it out. And it's like, like, tell me where to go. I'll fucking do it in like a day. They got the unit, like, let's, I'll fucking drop in there. That's so awesome. that was, that was like a really nice, like, kind of, um, like way back in to like starting, you know, to work again. And so there was that. And then there's kind of a question that hits up with this, that like hooks up with this, which is I've been doing an AWR project with the, this guy over here and Boise in, in our machining co-op where it's like X2's in here, I'm in here, and then his machine is in here also. Um, and that's pretty cool. The system's pretty interesting. It's slow as shit. There's like, I have like a video like fully cranking. It takes like a minute to switch operations or whatever. It's like, oh my God. But it also runs, it just runs, you know? And that was pretty cool. And but like the project's kind of on hold because his cold saw that was just supposed to show up like a month ago hasn't shown up. So we can't cut the material. <laughs> That's so like, frustrating. Yeah. Cause all we have is like a Harbor Freight bandsaw, which is like, not, not going to cut it. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like custom extrusion and stuff. So, yeah. um, it needs to be like pretty money and straight. So that's not yeah. happening. I've been doing a lot say, of work yeah, from the ahead. outside. At least it seems like you're, you've been really busy, but you've had a lot better work-life balance. Like every time we've talked like yeah. before, 
every time we talk, you'd be like, all right, so I'm flying in here and then I'm going to drive 20 <laughs> hours to here <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to yeah, drive yeah. 10 hours to here the next day. And yeah. I haven't seen one of those texts in a while, which has been making me happy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I've been trying to like it was like a big thing that I talked about, especially on the uh the episode with Alex and stuff, is that I'm trying to make more time for like things that matter outside of work. Cause like you I mean you hear it all the time. It's like if you died right now, like what like what would like would you be happy with your situation? And like, I don't know, six months ago the answer was no. Um kind of sucks that like my mom had to die for me to like really jumpstart into that or whatever, but you know, is what it is. Um, so that's well, I'm been, sure being around Jason so much is probably a good reminder yes. of that often. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Even though that guy, he does some fucking nutty shit still. Um, but no, he's good. I mean, also having a girlfriend helps, you know, <laughs> there's like something else to like look forward to <laughs> besides totally. just like, well, work is work, you know? And yeah, I mean, I've been driving a lot. Like last night I drove like seven hours or whatever from, uh, from Nevada to Boise. Mm. It was like snowstorms. <laughs> um, but you know, cars all wheel drive. It works out. It's fine. Yeah. Um, but it was yeah, cool I tried to, to visit, visit you guys. I realized that's been uh, since the last time you were on too, I think. That, I think you're right. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. either just before or it was just after. I can't remember. Yeah. Which. I can't remember either, but that was fun. Uh, yeah. with Bo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was really cool to get to see your machine and Jason's shop and yeah. all that stuff and, and get to hang out and really dive into it. Yeah. Yeah. Bo introduced us to that term, the cartoon drawings. And that mm -hmm. is like something I use a lot. Now. Um, like a lot, a lot. It's like, Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Cause, cause there are, there are times where it's like, I need to make this. Like, for instance, I'm doing design work for Jason now. Um, and so, like, I kind of pick up where this guy, David, left off. And in most cases, it's like, oh, you just need to like put the finishing touches on. But that really means start over completely. And that's right. where like the cartoon dry. It's like, this looks like a thing, but it's not anywhere close. And I can't just like tweak it. It's like, it's just bad. It's not a real it's, thing. Or it's, yeah. It's not bad. It's it's just like he he made a model to so that they could like file a patent. And then I make a model so that we can actually make the fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's um, like the best comparison for the listener I have is that it's like when you go on any of the 3D websites to like download something to print or like to to model off of and you get like something made in Blender and you're like this is this looks like the car, the animal, the gun, whatever that I want to model <laughs> yeah. off of, but it is completely devoid of any real characteristics that matter. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I can't use this. This is unusable. Like, yeah. Um, that's a really good analogy, actually. Uh, and then what else has been going on? Like, kind of. Oh, and then I finally went back to, and I've been kind of posting about this a little bit, and I'm going to post more about it pretty soon here. Is, Finally went back to Nevada, um, made all the, like made all the pyramid fixtures, got that thing like, like dialed in, set up like that MX 330 is fucking maxed out, you know, like the, technically the first stop pallets are bigger than the work, like the, the 330 at like the corners or whatever. 
We just like arrange the parts so that they don't hit the sheet metal when, when it enters right. into the machine and yeah. they're up high enough that, that the one spot on like the pallet changing arm that like clears that. Cause there are, is a spot where it's like, mm, that'd be kind of hairy. Ooh. And I mean, big shout out to Jason, uh, letting me use their UMC to make the pyramids. So it's funny, like to use like a UMC, a Haas to make parts for a Matsura or something. <laughs> uh, Totally. It works. It worked really well. Those guys are fucking stoked. Um, I mean, they're going to get, they were getting 14 hours of runtime the way we had it before. And now it'll be probably a little bit longer because we had to get really creative with the tools. You know, like you saw, you saw, I sent you like videos and stuff of the clearance, like the tool holders, like almost crashing into the other, like, one point was like oh maybe i'll just like i'll i'll cut just one part with the other two pieces of material in there but you literally can't do that because like you need the material removed so that it can like get hella close otherwise you're smashing into stuff and it's like that's hot that's Um, what zc does baby (laughs) yeah exactly and it'll just do that like all day every day they'll get like 42 43 hours of runtime or whatever um that's killer and i will say like, cause they asked me, this is like, I guess, part density, quick part density, like lesson or whatever for the first stop stuff is they're like, are you going to have individual work offsets for the three parts on there? And, and the answer is no. Like number one, it's a first stop part. So like, it shouldn't matter as much. Like if one of them's going to be off, they're all probably going to be off like the same way or like in a, in like a rotational pattern. And there's probably a way around that. Maybe the, maybe like the axis set needs to be dialed back in and whatever, whatever. The, the biggest thing with something like this for not having individual work offsets on these parts is if they start to shift around part to part, now are, now the clearances, which are all the tool paths are relative to each other. So like they're always going to be in the same spot. The parts are always going to be in the same spot. And so if that tool clears, it's going to clear every fucking time. If you start to get cute with with your probing and stuff, now one part shifts over and you're crashing. You like took your you took your static system and made it variable and in a way that's like not so chill and you don't really like you don't it doesn't buy you anything. We do probe every part for position and for size so we just, just want to make sure, sure it's where it's supposed to yeah. be though not to update the work offset exactly yes yeah. and and then we just kick if it's bad we just kick it out of the machine we don't like so it, it can it'll just keep going instead of like alarming it'll be pretty obvious when you could walk up to it and it's like that should have cut oh it didn't cut <laughs> you know right um, i think you can flag it but i was gonna say um, how does that handle it because talking to sean last week and hearing how the Hobberly like will flag a dead pallet if like a tool breaks on it and then just yeah. like pick up a new sister tool or pick up a new pallet and start going. I was like, that's, that's pretty yeah. slick. Like that's a really nice system. Yeah. The Hobberly system is sick. I really like it a lot. I'm, I can't wait. To, we're like recording this before his episode drops, but so I'm guessing that's dropping tomorrow, right? Uh, either tomorrow or Friday morning. Yeah. Tomorrow is Friday. Yeah, then tomorrow. 
a long day. It's a long week. It's been a long um, week. It's been a long yeah. month, buddy. But yeah, yeah. So as a, like how this works, because we're just kicking it out, like I didn't put the macro or whatever, like the system variable in there. I think it's a system variable to like flag it and like, oh, this is not done. It's like warning or whatever. I just had to kick it out um, because it's just like, it's obvious that it didn't get cut <laughs> and it's, it's like, oh, we'll just check it. Though we like, I like 3D printed some like little stands or whatever so that, um, or like stops because there's two sizes of parts, compact and full. So I just 3D printed it like, oh, it's a full, like use that with the full size material and it centers it pretty good most of the way. I mean, as good as it can be with saw cut material. Um, and they should be fine, you know? Awesome. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, that is, well, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of like the big update, like what I've been up to. The other thing that's kind of like wonky, some people might have like seen it or whatever, is like Scoob's kind of doing his own thing now. Um, so more than likely, meaning like it's actually happening, is like we're going back to ZC being just me. Um, and if you see like Scoob's not on Instagram. He's on LinkedIn. See anything like related to what he's doing, like with his camp programming company or whatever, that has nothing to do with me at all for people out there. If they see it. Um, yeah. So we're going to like separate. We haven't had that conversation. Like we, by the time this episode drops, we will have had that conversation, but that conversation's happening tomorrow. Right. Um, which it feels weird. Like, I mean, it's just bizarre, you know? When yeah, people no, are like, like every when like, you told me it was a really I was shocked. Like I couldn't believe that that was what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't know cuz like you said like I don't know, went from talking about giving him a piece of the company and everything. Like he asked for it. We were I was like I've been down for it. I've talked about it on here like a bunch, you know. And now here we are. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. It's weird, but ultimately I think it's a good thing for zc gets that peril down dude gets well, that yeah. peril down <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly it's also it kind of just like it's like a soft reset it allows me to like kind of like fully like like wipe the slate clean um like redo the marketing how i want like i've been working like i mean you know i've been working on the website a lot um and that there's a lot like that has gone into that over the last little bit. I've been taking a lot of like pictures and videos and stuff um, of like all the work we've been doing, just like constantly documenting what we're, what's going on so that we can like continue. Cause like Scoob did make those like really sick videos and I want to continue that. So I have like a little bit of work ahead of me to like figure that whole thing out. But it's one of those things like I, it's super important. Just going to, you know, continue to, continue to like work on that stuff and start posting more and like be on more active on LinkedIn and blah, blah, blah. Cause wow. I can't wait to see some of the videos and stuff. Cause yeah. you got some great camera <laughs> angles and they look hey, sick. Hey, I know what these fucking nerds like, you know, <laughs> cause I, <laughs> cause you're one, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Oh, that's hot. Like, like the, with the video that I really like showing people. And it's just like, it just seems so mundane, but it's like the big 12 part, the big 12 part 
tombstone where it's spinning and then it transitions from like the half done parts to the completely done parts and it's like that gets me hard every fucking time uh-huh. <laughs> when you have that one um, camera angle of uh, spindle down yeah and that looks so good like mm-hmm. I, it, it's such a unique camera angle i think yeah i really like attaching the the camera to the spindle because it's like that's where the action is that's like that's i want to i want to move with the action so i have a lot of that like on the Haas cutting the fixtures, like the whole program cutting the pyramid from the, like from the angle of the spindle, which is like chef's kiss. And then I got awesome. like B-roll from the side too. So that, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the whole thing. Um, I guess working in a sauna a ton too, like dialing in my back end systems. And I think I said on here at one point, probably like my first episode or one of those, which was like, I didn't use a sauna when it was just me because it was just me. And it's like, I'm not going to tell myself to do the work, which is like a very ignorant thing to say looking back because I have so much work all the time that if I don't like actively write it down and like put it somewhere and put a date to it or whatever, then I just like, it's just so easy to forget. Um, So like on the pre-sale side, I've been quoting like crazy this year, just been very aggressively quoting I have like a whole pre-sale project for everything and like customer meetings. That's the notes. Notes are in there. Like, oh, I I follow up with a customer. They're like, you know, this is probably going to be Q4. Boom. Status on hold Q4, whatever. It's just off. Don't think about it. You know, like one guy, I've been talking to him since like May about doing a project. And it's just like, he had like a massive quality issue where his customer was like his customer almost pulled all their work and that was like his only customer. But Oof. he had to shut his shop down for 40 days to just rework parts. And so he just like, and didn't make any money during that time. So he's just like still in recovery mode from that. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that's good for like, him for surviving <laughs> it. Like that's, that's yeah, the death he, knell for a lot he, of companies right there. Exactly. But dude, like he's making, was making money like hand over fist with this shit. So that's cool. But stuff like that, it's like on hold till he's got money. He's like, we're going to do it. It's just when. And yeah, actively. One of the things I've been thinking about is like, I really want to like embed an NDA into the website, like a mutual NDA so that people can like, just if they're so inclined, like you just like Insta sign an NDA so you can just dump parts from like immediately, you know, without having to like, and the reason why I say that is like, I waited on a company to give me an NDA for like two months because they had to rewrite it. They found a mistake and it's like, oh, you know, it's got to fucking fire up this arduous ass process to like, oh, we got to roll a rev on it and blah, blah, blah. Because they're like good manufacturing, like GMP, good manufacturing practices or whatever, stuff like that. It's like, oh my God. Um, Looks like DocuSign might have an API, so I wonder if yeah you can connect like Asana and with oh, through like Zapier or something, and just have it like anytime they submit this, they get an email yeah. with a new NDA or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so there is like, and that's one of like I, I the back end of Asana kind of like one of the things I really like about it is I changed the the view. I was on a list view, I then. Um, now I'm on like the board view and I just like started like very high level, like 
tasks instead of like a bunch of like little tasks. And then I found the forms and I like, like some of the automation just gets me like so hard. Cause I'm like, it, <laughs> so I sent, I sent a form to a customer that I've been doing contract programming for. They're in like, it's a gun company in PA and they're like, Hey, we need, it's the, the worst situation ever to do contract programming. Cause they're like, I just need a piece of the program. And it's like, okay. Um, so here's a little bit. And they're like, it's not quite there. And they're actually really, really cool about it. Like I'm, I'm actually like excited to work with them considering like this is the worst situation to do contract programming. And they're, they're very, um, like they understood the situation and we were like working together. Um, like he's like, this is where my work offset is and blah, blah, blah. And he described it backwards from how I had it. So Ooh. that was, it wasn't too, too bad. Cause like, I mean, it's a round part. So it's just like where the feature is on it kind of just was flip-flopped super, super easy. Um, but then I was like, Hey, so I, I testing something out. Here's a form. Like, what do you think of this? And so it allows them to like put part number in there, the machine that it's on, blah, blah, blah. And then put the part file in there and submit it. And then it creates a task and assigns it to me. And, and then it also allowed them to like, like how, if I just want to, if they want to talk about it, they can set it to like a meeting and then sets, set it to a meeting. It just automatically creates a calendar invite and like, Oh man, <laughs> that, that, that is, is like, awesome. it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's like unnecessarily cool, but it's like, that's the type of stuff that I crave just so like I can, like I was telling you guys in the group chat, you and Alex that, um, I'm probably going to move like our website's hosted on GoDaddy. I'm probably going to move away from that to like Webflow or something. Cause Scoob, like Scoob's using it and it's sick. So I'm like, yeah, that is pretty dope, but I can all my like right now we have like contract programming and rem and like CNT turnkey and training and they all have their own contact thing at the bottom where it's like I could have identical forms um, on the website, but that have different forms on the back end. So when somebody, if somebody submits something, it's flagged appropriately automatically. And then it's like in Asana in the right spot and I can reach out to them um, like knowing more about what's happening, uh, which is just like silly stuff, but it's like, cool. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I think that that's, that's the kind of automation that a lot of us want. And yeah. especially out of, you know, I think that I'm so hesitant to buy an ERP or something because I want things like that. And it's very rare that I've seen an ERP that delivers on all of that kind of stuff yeah. at least easily enough. Yeah, and Asana has like a lot of like they they have just like a lot of automation built into it. I mean, like you pay for it, right? It's like thirty bucks a month or whatever. But it's like it it makes my life like a lot easier and I can group things differently. Like I can the thirty bucks gives me like portfolios, which allows you to put projects like so I have like an everything. So everything that I'm working on is like in the same project. And that shows you at a glance, like what the status of everything is, what the due dates are. You can have it set as like a timeline. So you can see like how things are supposed to line up and all that stuff. That's like a big focus for this year is just getting more um, dialed in. Cause like I still have money issues, obviously, 
but last year I was really frantic about it when that just like all it did was I just ended up deeper in a hole because <laughs> I was just doing bad work. Uh, now I'm just like just being like more focused on like having good work and and managing customer expectations with things so I can like schedule ap- accordingly. Um, and that's that's just all it is. Like for some reason, I got in my head like I have to do everything right now. And so it's like, oh, I guess I just won't sleep for like days. And then I'm like way too tired. And I do like, you just don't, you're just not able to get things done or you start doing stuff and you're just doing a bad job. And it's like, well, that wasn't worth it. (laughs) So now it's like, it's just very, yeah, we're just like locked in 2024. Yes. Hell yeah. All right. Well, what's going on with you, man? You have a pretty big little update going on. (laughs) Yeah, um, so I, I shared the picture. You shared it, reshared it on LinkedIn. Thanks. Um, yeah. But yeah, we are moving actively. Well, sort of actively. It's been, the things have been taking much longer. Hubris of man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I am very glad. I think like a week and a half into the new year, I was still working on like the last job we had to finish. Yeah. And I made the call. I told Brad, I just said, email our landlord now push out our move like our end of lease date till the end of february because i knew there was no way we were going to do it and at the time i I thought like oh it might push one week into february and (laughs) we only just got an electrician finally yesterday to wire the machines yeah Uh, who knows with my luck lately they might not show up on monday and i might have to find another one we'll see but he, he seemed really good so uh, yeah, finding an electrician was a pain, getting internet set up was a pain and continues to be a pain. <laughs> so, so I ordered business internet two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. And they're like, well, well so, so I ordered like cable business and it's pretty high oh, yeah. speed. I was like, cool. And then I noticed right after I placed the order that fiber was the exact same cost. And it said that it was at my building. And I was yeah. like, what? Oh, I'd much rather have fiber. Yeah. Uh, and so I ended Definitely. up talking to a salesman. And he was like, yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're 100% right. If fiber is the same cost, let's do it. And it ended up being $10 more a month. And I was like, yeah. you sign me up. Yeah. Uh, then, then the guy finally comes out yesterday to install the cable mm-hmm. or to, to install the internet. Gets He's there for two hours installs everything is having us test it i like you know plug in my computer i'm checking stuff i do a speed test and when i bought the fiber the guy was like oh yeah you get 500 down and 100 up which was mm-hmm. the all of their cable stuff is 35 up and i was like oh cool so it's even better up uh, i yeah. noticed that it was 37 up when i did the speed test and i told uh, yeah. them like oh yeah i still need to talk to the people at cox to get this figured out it's supposed to be 100 that's what my contract says and he goes there's no way that it's 100 up <laughs> Uh, it's like, like, what, what are you, are you talking about? He's like, all of our cable services are 35 up. And I was like, well, I bought fiber, not cable. Is yeah. this not fiber? And he's like, no, this is a cable modem. They told me you're just installing cable. And I was yeah. Like, no. Uh, so yeah. Um, he calls. Then I get another call today from a salesperson that's like clearly angry, but not at me. And she's just trying to figure out what the hell is going on. She's like, so do you yeah. want cable or fiber? And I was like, I want fiber if it means that it's no more extra money. Yeah. If it's not, 
I'm happy with the service I have now. Like, it, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Just get it done. Yeah. And she's like, all right, because I'm trying to talk to your salesman and he's not responding to me at all. And I don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. <laughs> so I still don't know what's going to end up. I have internet right now. That's all I care about. We can start oh, yeah. doing work there, you know, once we get electrical done and the machines moved. Mm-hmm. Um, but the space is awesome. Like it's, yeah. it was so funny. The first day we were in there last week, Brad goes and measures something out. I'm like, what the hell is he measuring? And he like puts a piece of tape on the floor, like one third into the warehouse. And I'm like, what is that? And he goes, everything from this tape to the wall is our current shop. Nice. <laughs> and he's like, the yeah. rest of it is, is all new. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. So yeah, we have a ton of space, more power, uh, four AC units. So like everything will be climate controlled and nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's been great. It's just, you know, like pulling teeth, like everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's not easy. It, Moving sucks. Moving sucks so hard. Like, yeah. and then like you still have to get those bad boys. Are you going to level them yourself? Or are you going to have Yamazin come out and we'll level them? them? No, we've, huh? we've leveled them before. We'll, we'll nice. do it. Yeah. I'm not worried yeah. about that. You're like, I'm not having those jokers come out. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the same level that they do. It's not my first time leveling machine. It's super easy. Yeah. It's four feet. Not a big deal. Yeah. If it was yep. some, you know, horizontal or a, a five axis or something. I'm not touching that, <laughs> yeah. but like, yeah. Or like say like a Hermola or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, Speedio, I think I can handle that and I can yeah. install that and all that. We're going to pull all the laying plates off the Speedios and redo them. And just so I can check condition under them, make sure there's no rust or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to leave the fourth yeah. on the one Speedio cause I don't want to have to dial back in my center of rotation if I can help it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, no, I don't yeah. want to fucking, no, not dealing with it. Yeah. Nice. That's the other thing I got to schedule is rigors now, now that we'll have electrical done. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to that bill either. Like electrical is looking like it, he gave us an estimate of about $8,000 for the machines, which mm-hmm. sucks, but it is what it is. You know, I told yeah. a few people this and they're like, well, when I did my shop, it was $15,000 or it was $20,000. So hey, yeah. I think 8,000 seems pretty good. I mean, like two grand a machine from like scratch, you know? Right. Like, it's like, oh, you know, that's the price of doing business, baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and he sounds, but the guy, we got a referral of him through the place that Brad used to work because mm-hmm. one of Brad's good friends is now the shift lead or shop Not lead there. So he's dealt with, you know, rigging. He's dealt with electrical a bunch. And so he gave us a great, uh, recommendation. I, mean, I guess we'll see their work, but he seems very on top of it and very knowledgeable. Sick. That's Definitely a, a typical Sparky, but still like a good, good <laughs> yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So when's the open house? Like, when are we doing the the Dub T in person meetup? Maybe middle of February. Oh, ha! Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see when you can when you're available. We'll yeah. Figure it out. Yeah, sick. Because uh, everybody locally, like, they don't know blast, what's coming, so I don't care. some Creed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, the divorce, divorce Dad playlist on Spotify at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Hell there yeah, brother. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. No, it, it's, I'm so pumped. Like, every time I go there, I'm just in shock of how nice it is. Like, we've got, like, legitimate it, bathrooms. Like, even yeah. my dad came by, and, like, He's he like, saw the bathroom doors, and then he, like, I was like, oh, if you, like... 
we have real bathrooms and he opened it up he's like you've got like a urinal and a stall and like you know <laughs> yeah. sinks and stuff and i was like i've got two of those yeah he's like when oh you, my god you've got a real business now <laughs> yeah isn't it funny like i was thinking about this like the first time um i like started a company and i was like telling my dad about it or whatever and like about what we do and it's like but you like you start with something like you're like you don't just make stuff and it's like no we just make stuff and like blown away it's like how like, oh, yeah. fuck if I know, but like, we're doing it. <laughs> Standing yeah. on the, the shoulders of giants. That's, yeah, that's exactly. How. Yeah. Um, yeah. None of us are really like that smart, you know, like we're all, we're all okay, but yeah. like. Some, I didn't invent CNC. I just know yeah. how to program one. <laughs> yeah. Some fucking super nerd was like, I got the, I got the sauce. Some super nerd who was incredibly lazy. He was like, I'm so tired of turning these freaking handles. I'm done. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm done. There's got to be a better way. <laughs> what if I just fucking slap a motor on this thing? Yep. Yeah. That's about it. Like, we stopped taking orders middle of January, which is uh, kind of terrifying. Yeah. I really want to get back up and running. But hopefully, I'm hoping that everything is moved either the first week in February or the last week in January. Nice. Cool. And then, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's really the only update I have because we just haven't been doing anything else otherwise. Yeah. Oh, Hachi Machi, baby. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. Thanks. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's funny. Easton was like ribbing me about like, all the new things I'm going to have to buy. And it's true. Like I've never, we've never had a bathroom. So I've never had to buy like paper towels or toilet paper or, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. soap for the bathrooms. It is, or, it is kind of hilarious, but I heard someone's a fan of Costco. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You got that dog in you. I got that oh. dog in me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually that is, I went there last weekend to pick up some stuff for the shop. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, like, I'm right oh, here. Sick. And I can get pants and a hot dog. That's sick, dude. <laughs> yeah. There's a an amount of my clothing that is from Costco that I'm not going to name, but it's Maybe. fairly high. I got some sweet like Costco pants that are like fleece lined, which it's been really fucking cold in Boise and oh, yeah. snowing. I think it's like I think like some some since like Saturday or something, like twenty inches has fallen of snow. Goodness it's yeah and it's like just really fucking cold it was 73 today not to make you jealous or anything <laughs> yeah all right <laughs> yeah fucking cool guy over here <laughs> you know what but our summers aren't no, the summers here get pretty hot too actually <laughs> i was gonna say i've heard yeah. they're, they're not ideal yeah. um yeah it's not like 120 but it's still like it'll get over 100 yeah um, and a little bit more humid but um yeah yeah I don't think I have anything else to report really. Uh, yeah. All, all good, good stuff, I guess. Like zooming out all good stuff Yeah, day to day. It's been a hell month and I'm like very ready to just be moved. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, but it also seems like my landlord is super attentive too. like, we had a AC unit that was out just like from the get go. And I, I think I emailed him at three or four o'clock one day. Yeah. And the next morning I already had a response that was like, Hey, I've already called the company. They're already set up. You need to call them and just schedule when, when they're coming by, but everything is already done. I'm like, nice. Cool. All right. Is it a standalone building? Uh, no, or, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of look, the whole building kind of looks like an S 
Okay. And then there's suites all along that. And like one company has, I don't even know how like many suites, <laughs> yeah. like a, a large, like probably a, a good third of the building is oh, one company. Shit. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. That's probably why he's like, I'm not a slumlord. I promise. Like, no, my like l- even our real estate agent said from the get go, he was like, he's a fantastic landlord. He like just redid the parking lot. He just redid the roof. Like he's nice. very attentive and, you know, yeah. knows what this building is worth. The opposite of your current landlord. A hundred percent. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to have anybody complaining that I'm using too much water. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. When you don't even have your own bathroom, like fucking relax, dude. Yeah. It was was an email to everyone in the building saying that we were using too much water. And I like wanted to respond and be like, well, I saw a swamp cooler leaking for a week and a half straight and you didn't fix it. So maybe that's where the water came from. Um, it's like, well, the swamp cooler is actually on the tenant to fix and service. So <laughs> fuck you. Oh, man. All right. Well, we've got a ton of questions. Let's jump yeah. into them. Let's start up with you were talking about the AWR. So yeah. Level Up CNC says pallet pools and pallet systems with a UR versus Gossiger's AWR. Which system would be best for a small shop with high mix work? And then how does a no- shop know that they're ready for something like that? seems like pallet systems are becoming more popular. So you yeah. are very yeah, uniquely, I've, you know, I, positioned to answer this question. Yeah, I have been, I've been having this conversation a lot recently that I feel like, like kind of the, the, the cycle of automation is very interesting where people like look at direct part loading, you know, like loading material. And that's like kind of complicated. Um, it's like very simple, but it's complicated in the sense, in terms of like changeover and stuff like that. So people look at pallet systems and which is very easy. Obviously it's just like, you're just kind of limited by your weight. You can be anything on top of that pallet. Doesn't matter. That's like a very popular option. It's a very expensive option because like, it's like the hidden cost of it, which is like kind of not a hidden cost, but it is like, but it's just very in your like they kind of bury salesmen kind of bury the fact that like, if you have 40 pallets, you have to tool up 40 pallets. And if you're putting like a single vice, like a Lang vice or something on there, that's like $60,000 or something in just vices. When you already spent like $200,000 on your system or whatever, like 25% of it or like whatever is like, you just have to spend an additional 25% to like get it tooled up. Um, so people kind of go from there, but like, so pallet systems and then to get more runtime, then you get into like the part density aspect of it. But then if you need more runtime, now you go kind of go full circle back to material loading, you know? Um, so that being said, like it, it is, I think like there's a big, there's a big, like, what is your budget kind of thing? Cause, and like, when you say high mix work, like how high mix, like, are you doing parts that are like half by half by half up to like foot by foot by foot? And you're trying to automate anywhere in between. Cause if like, that's the case, then you're probably better off with pallet system. Cause it is just more flexible. But if you're, if you're kind of like in like, like for, I don't know, like for you or something, like a lot of your work is kind of small, like you do do big shit. But, but it's really like, yeah, yeah. So you could probably get away with like, if you were to automate, you could probably get away with like a UR material loading system and doing 
setups like changeovers if you were so inclined um but that being said like how does the shop know they're ready for something like that it's like that is such a hard question to answer because for me it's like um i was i'm not gonna call them out but i was in a shop like a few months ago and they're like i gotta automate i gotta automate i don't have like i just don't have the capacity blah 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 and their machines are off while we're having this conversation and it's like and i'm just like hold like doing the like holding my ear thing like what the (laughs) fuck are you talking about you don't have a capacity issue you have a process issue and so you'll hear this a lot and it's kind of like a cop-out answer but it is true it's like if you are not dialed the fuck in on your cutting processes then you really don't have any any business automating because like there is so much to automation that like being able to pick up a piece of material and put in a vice fucking cake you know like um rapid design solutions or lights out manufacturing whichever one of those guys they do part loading all day every day i introduced them to alex you know what i mean because like he was considering it versus a pallet system and stuff like that and um they can do that integration like whatever you want with like conveyor a drawer or whatever in like a week easy that's like whatever like we pick it up here we put it in there done but it's like are your toolpaths good like is it going to is it going to make like cut the same size every time like there's just a lot more steps and like this is from like i've had this conversation with salesmen and it's like not a very popular thing to say but it is like the factual thing to say is like you really need to like and it's also not the sexy thing to say from a buyer's perspective and from the person who's trying to like, who wants to automate and like wants to go further is like, you kind of just have to do a lot of work and like really be sure. Cause like, otherwise the, uh, the analogy that I like to use a lot is it's like buying a nail gun and expecting it to build you a wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's not going to like buying the tool doesn't make you more efficient. Like you have to do, like you have to know how to build a wall to use the tool effectively versus like going from like a framing hammer to a nail gun to make you faster. Like, cause you're, I can't, I can't build a wall with a hammer fast enough anymore. And so I think when you're like throughput, whatever is to a point where like my machines are constantly running. I don't want like, if I'm here for 12 hours a day, that fucking spindle is like kind of constantly going and it's just on and on and on. And like, I'm running myself ragged trying to get parts out. Now we're talking about automation for me. Right. That's what well, I and automation seems like it, it pushes on your system. So it finds all the weak points like to build off your hammer metaphor. It, grab a, a nail gun thinking that people have this thought of like, oh, the board will be stronger because it's put in by the nail gun. And it's like, if you lean on it and you're using weak ass nails, it's still going to, you know, give like that railing is still going to come out from under you. Right. You got to build up a strong base that you're putting together with this automation solution. Otherwise, yeah, it all falls apart. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, kind of spent a lot more time on like, in terms of like, got like the systems themselves too, like, the AWR VBX, I think, is a really 
interesting uh and actually pretty attractive um solution for small for small companies who have high mix work because you can kind of do like bigger shit and smaller shit because like the the vice grippers are the robot grippers you know which is super cool it's slow as fuck but that being said like we've we've got this thing to run like overnight you know like and doesn't matter that it's slow it's like we came in and it made 30 parts and it's like and we have but we have dialed that like his cutting system was absolutely like we kind of like quote unquote perfected it on his mini mill before we even started before we even got the robot with the vf2 you know so like it was just like it was a refinement and because we had a lot of probing in there like we find the parts always um we're not relying on like stops or the robot to do anything for us really like we just we just do we did a lot of work tool libraries toolpath libraries blah 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 for like six months before like we got to a point where it's like he cannot make these parts fast enough in his garage anymore so now we have to now we have to go to the next level totally um and i think yeah outside of that cost cost how cost, much cost, more cost. is it because i think you've said that before that the ur pretty... stuff is like 110 120 so, something like that yeah so these guys so um lights out they'll do like their system like with an auto door and like a vice actuator because they have the cool they have a cool like it like goes onto a curve vice with like magnets and it actuates the vice um yeah i think like they've refined that a few times since troy's been on the podcast which was like a hundred years ago now <laughs> but like they can do the ur plus like the racking system plus an auto door plus the vice actuator for like 110 and install for like 110 115 oh wow yeah. it's it's a very attractive thing and they'll install it in like a week um the uh, the AWR VBX 160 is like 115,000. Um, and you can do like up to like eight by eight by eight or, or like eight by eight by five parts. I want to say AWR is a good example, good system, shitty documentation, very shitty documentation. Cause they're like, they'll be like, did we get the, he ran into like troubles with the install and it's like, did you get the documents? And it's like, yeah, we got the documents, but they're bad documents. So like we didn't just because we have them doesn't mean that they, they were good for us. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, you just, and when we talk to like one of the apps guys, it's like, well, how do like, wh which way do we put the vices? And he's like, however you want. And it's like, however, like he's like, yeah, but if you put them certain ways, then the robot can't get to it. It's like, so there's a way. And like, so what is that oh way? And it's like, well, I like to put them like this. And it's like, you like to put them like that? Or that's the way to do it. And it's like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> it was very, yeah, I don't know. But like, we kind of found out after the fact and it kind of was pretty obvious, but we found out after the fact, this was the first time that they had installed one and it wasn't AWR that installed it. It was like the local, the local like the brand new, like Oscar just bought these guys. So it's like very brand new for them. Um, and once we got past the initial hump, like we, we were fine. Um, and the system has been good other than like, 
there's just like, we just had to like make sure that the material was like really cleaned up. We probably need to have them come back and like touch it up. Cause like it really, when it comes and grabs the part, it like bends the shelf kind of like really gets on there. And we're like, to the point sometimes we're like, we've had some mispicks where it's moved the part, like the shelf so much that like the, the parts like shift underneath it, but Ooh. whatever. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's an install issue, not a system issue, you know? Right. And can be fixed pretty easily. Tux Garage, if you had unlimited money, what machine would you buy first and why? Then what's the next thing you would buy for the shop? That's, that is tough one. Cause I, like there's, there's so many things, right? Like one of the, th- like probably like a giant Yazda just because like it's very, very accurate and I can make anything on it. Like for, for the stuff that I'm trying to accomplish, which is like fixturing and stuff like giant five axis Yazda is the way to right. go. Like a five um, axis jig bore basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I think like GE or somebody has two of them and uh, to make engine parts where it's like got like two, you like two meter work envelope and you see like the parts that they're cutting are so big. That, that's like a cat 50 tool holder in there. And it looks like a cat third. Like you, it looks comically small for how big the parts are. And I'm like, I oh, want yeah. that. It's like, yeah. I want a machine that's 2 million bucks and I'll wait like a year and a half for like <laughs> whatever. Um, and then probably like a giant, like probably like an NT, the, the JX 250, uh, Nakamura with two, turrets on the bottom because i think that's got like a four inch through bore and a milling head up top and then two turrets down low and you can like and the on the like typically when they have two turrets they can't like kind of superimpose they like have a hard stop like in the middle but these like you can you can move like park the like left turret underneath the main spindle and like bring the other one like all the way over so you can use one turret like live center for like giant shaft work and be able to use. So you could use like one as a live center, use the other one as like a steady rest and do some like wild shaft work or whatever. And there's not really a reason for that other than it's fucking cool. Um, so yeah. And then the next thing I would buy for the shop would probably be the whole building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. If I had unlimited money, honestly, if I had unlimited money, first thing would be like, I'm going to go like build a building in the middle of nowhere and, and like probably buy a semi truck so that I can, I can do whatever. And then the like house would be on there. Then these machines and whatever. <laughs> yeah. We're getting, we're getting wild. No, I, I'd agree though. I think my first, my first thing would have to be a building too. Like if you have unlimited <laughs> money, you're like build your own building, you know, all the power, like yeah. all the everything. Literally unlimited power, like fucking Emperor Palpatine or whatever. <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah. Just like build it next to a nuclear power plant. So you're like, I'll just yeah. take, take this. Dude, thanks. Next to a nuclear power plant, you build a nuclear power plant. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I, I think right now i mean obviously like i've got hermla on the brain so like a c42 or something with all the automation yeah um i really thought that the demo of the sterig 190 neo at imts was super neat too like i I would probably just buy one of those just to 
play around with it and like, yeah. be like ah, i don't like this or i'd be like oh this is super cool uh, yeah yeah um, yeah i think that those are probably my answers for now nice all right well that's an easy one fucking yeah. next <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's just like i would buy everything like that's yeah, the I'd, I'd buy everything and the building it came in yeah. uh, <laughs> let's see uh oh sean connor asked is your mill set up and making chips? And then how much would he have to pay you per hour to come switch out parts for him for a day? Um, so the mill is up and running. It's been up and running for about two months or so. Um, and that's been cool. I've used it like a few times. Like I think I, 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 I've used it. I put those like big 10 and a half inch diameter by 10 and a half inch tall pieces and like drilled holes all the way through them which was hilarious. Just like so funny to do something so silly. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, I got some video of it doing it. <laughs> uh, it worked out really well. It worked better than I thought it was going to work. And then this moving them sucked because they were like really heavy. They were like 100 pounds each. And I and I was just moving them. I was just by myself in the shop. And I got them done. And then I like took a nap and then I drove them to... This is like, I didn't tell you guys this, but like I got them done and then I, I took a nap and then I loaded them up in the car and I drove seven hours and then I installed them on the machine and started cutting them. Ooh. Yeah. Damn, dude. Yeah. I was like, kind of wish I had. And then after it's one of those, like after I had done it, I was like, kind of wish I did this differently. Um, but the, I used like really long bolts, you know, did I send that picture? They look like fucking, they're just like, so. they're like nine and a half inch long, half 13s. And they look so funny because they're just like, they're just so long. It's just like a toy. Um, and how much would you have to pay me? Uh, Western bacon cheeseburgers, baby. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, hand those fucking, um, and those poor man current stickers or, or this thing he made for me. Let me see. Oh yeah. I still got it. I had to like guard this with my life, like a fucking key or whatever. Ooh. So he made this and then gave it to me when I went and helped him do the initial like camplete setup and shit with it. And I'm like, I got to, I had to use it. I got to use it this, this project most recently. Cause before I got there, they crashed the shit out of one of their MXs. You mean and, you didn't use it and it's a huh? joke gift and. Huh? OSHA, if OSHA is listening, you <laughs> yeah. would never use it. It's a diagnostic tool. So there we were, di yeah, we were doing diagnostics because we're like, wow, that, that kind of sounds a little rough, <laughs> you know? And it was like, you could feel the A axis moving, like when it Ooh. moved. And we're like, is that bad? And they're like, uh, yeah, but you know, like we could replace the bearings now or we could replace them later. And it's like, Either way, it's like, it's going to cost you money because you crashed it. So it's not warranty work. And that was like one of the silliest crashes I've ever seen. The dude was like, he forgot like on a, on a Matsura G100 is tool touch off. Whatever tools on the spindle, just type in G100, puts it in position, touches the tool off easy. But he was like, he had like a fever on like Christmas Eve and like started doing all kinds of wild stuff and like smash the tool in between the laser into the in like while the trunnion was like kicked up and like knocked it off the wild thing was like uh 
The brake is fine. Gears seem fine. Bearings, it probably is the bearings. Kinematics are like perfect. Like it didn't fuck the kinematics up because we're like, something's screwy. It's doing weird stuff, but it's like, then we checked it and it's like, and it's, and then after we did all the checking, the like it's making better parts than it did before, which is like cool. Now he can say he crashed a machine so hard it, it fixed it or something. <laughs> it's better. Uh, yeah. So like more of these, Sean. I'll take more of these and uh, some Western bacon cheeseburgers next time I'm in the Central Valley, and then uh, I'll change out some far parts for you. There we go. Oh, I totally fucking what an I feel like such an asshole. Cause I totally skipped over the fact that I went and fu- hung out with Easton for like a week. Um, oh yeah. That was rad. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Just like so jacked. It was just went so well that we were having a good time. He like drove me around everywhere. Cause I didn't rent a car, which was cool. And we got that fucking SC 300, like kind of dialed the fuck in that machine. So I, I'm like, so in love with Nakamura's. It's out of control. <laughs> like, like I've used other lathes and like just nothing compares in my opinion. Like other lathes cut good, like Tsugami, M08BY or whatever. It's like right, the shop right here cuts good parts. It's a good machine. But the Nakamura is just like a better experience and like has cooler functions on it. And I'm like, be still my beating heart. Also, his SC300 <laughs> has like, twice the through board as the Tsugami does. Right. It's like a four inches or something, yeah. but like that thing fucking rips. Um, it was funny getting texts from both of you. Like you were both clearly having so much fun because I was getting <laughs> yeah. texts from both of you like, this is awesome. It's working so well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, dude, like I told the afterwards, like we got, we out of fusion got that thing like pretty much. No, I mean like we did post and go a part that had uh, milling on both sides that needed to be timed to each other, you know, and like in a transfer and a cutoff and everything. And like just material in, push the button and it just made the part transfer, did, did all the right shit, like even ejected. It would check to see if the spindle was open or not. And if the spindle was open, it wouldn't do the ejection cycle because like Nakamura jump programming, it just like, you can just like look at that signal and be like, okay, just skip over this. And so we did. So yeah, it was really cool. And I told the product manager for Nakamura that we got Fusion to work that way. And he's like, sick. <laughs> like, that's crazy. He's like, more people are starting to use that. And it's like, yeah, it's cheap and it works. So yeah, you're going to see it. Good. That's all you lot. need. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's killer, man. Yes. Um, um uh, do you want to do the Boost Mafia one? Because sure. I don't know if we'll have the similar answers here or not. Yeah, sure. Because, yeah, you so, want to go? Yeah, Boost Mafia asks, for people who are solo business owners in the machining trade, what is the most important external skill to learn? Web design, graphic design, accounting and financial, social media marketing. I'm sure there are other things, too, that someone could learn that aren't related to machining, but matter big time to a business. Yes. Um, so the thing I like web design, graphic design, absolutely not. Don't learn that. Like, no, that is like, that's where like 
Webflow or Squarespace or whatever the other one is, like um, WordPress, go with a no-code solution for all your stuff. Graphic design, Upwork or something, you know? Yeah, or pay, pay some- someone. Like, that's yeah. the thing. It's like, you don't even need to use a no-code website yeah. if you don't want to. Yeah. There are people who are really good at those things. Yeah, and like, but all of that's like web design, graphic design, Upwork, you know, if you want to do it yourself, I would say graphic design, unless you're actually like good at that, just don't. Uh, accounting slash financials, like definitely find somebody to do that. Like no, knowing it is good, but like most accounts, like they're not that expensive, you know, and it's like they're worth their weight in gold when they do it. Yeah, it's um, infinitely more expensive to not have one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Social media marketing Yes, I would say that's very important, but like you don't have to pay for that either. Like that, you can like just read a bunch of books and just post constantly. (laughs) Like, and just like so that I would recommend building a story brand is really, really good. I've read that like a million times. Anytime like I'm like ready to start like getting back in the marketing zone, I read that book. It's a very short. It's a very short audiobook, or at least for me, I consider it short. It's like a four hour listen or something. One page marketing plan is a good one. Those two are pretty solid resources. And there's just like tons of shit online and YouTube on like how to market, you know? And mostly the the advice that I would give there is don't tell people what you can do. Tell people how you can help them do something. Like, cause if you tell somebody that you can do something, it's like, okay. And <laughs> like, right. But if it's like, I can help you do this or I can help you do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, and if you start to like, look at a lot of people's met, like a lot of like bigger brand shit, you'll see like, oh, they are, they're selling me a lifestyle or they're selling me a service that's going to make my life easier or whatever, whatever. That's huge. And the thing that the other thing that I would really that's that wasn't asked is like be like becoming like a conversationalist, you know, that's Being exactly able to, what I was going to say, too. Yeah, it's like, like you need to be comfortable selling yourself without yes. it being forced yeah. and like being able to have like that switch that flips when you're talking to mm-hmm. customers of like. I can give them the 30 second elevator pitch. I can talk yeah. to them at length about their problems and their needs. And you can't like, I see so many small businesses that are run by like crotchety old men. Yeah. And they're never going to like, if you just want to be a small time shop in your garage and have four or five customers and, and do that then I guess you don't really need to talk to people. But if you're trying to grow a company, you are yeah. going to have to talk to people. You're going to have to be able to be comfortable or fake comfortable around yeah. a lot of people. I think it is, um, it's for sure a fake it till you make it thing. If you're not already comfortable doing it, you just like, you will fake it. Like, you know, pretend to eat your vegetables. Eventually you'll start liking your vegetables, you know? But cause like at the end of the day, if you're going to start a business, you can't be like, like there's the unfortunate thing about it is like your work will not speak for itself in most cases. Like you have to be able to speak for yourself <laughs> like, right. and be able to, cause like nobody's going to toot your own horn. Sometimes they will, but in most cases you have to be able to like toot your own horn and be able and like 
talk to people like and talk to fucking strangers like you know them it's it's the weirdest thing but it's like such a good skill i was just talking like we were just having this conversation with my customer is it took me a while but like one of the most transformative things and like the thing i appreciate about working for methods for so long is having just having got those reps essentially of going into like shop after shop after shop and dealing with strangers all the time and having to like instantly more or less have this person trust me you know and like realizing who you're dealing like it, this is a a hard skill to learn but like being able to like pick up the vibe of the person you're talking to so you can adjust accordingly cuz you cannot talk to everybody the same way like it's just it's just not the same you just cannot do it it like i mean you can obviously you can do whatever you want but you <laughs> but if you want to be like successful you're going to have to like kind of you have to like tune your conversation to the personality that you're dealing with more or less it's just right it's it's just nature of the beast for the most yep. part yeah mm-hmm. and another one that i know that easton would be pissed if i didn't mention is like you just have to like have a killer work ethic like that it's like i don't think that yeah. that's a, i guess that's maybe yeah. not an external skill you can learn but you you can actually force yourself into it it's another mm-hmm. one of those like fake it till you make it but like yeah. Man, building a business as a solo pr- entrepreneur is like it's hard and you are gonna just gonna like you're gonna have overnights that you don't sleep and you're gonna work yeah. super late and like chris does you're gonna drive 20 hours to get to a yeah. customer and then have to work all day or something like yeah it's, it sucks it, sometimes it sucks and you just have to like power through and like if you start a business expecting it to be like easy like i that would be insane like <laughs> you know but i mean some for some people it is i guess like but for the most part, you're going to, there's probably going to be like that grind set mindset for at least a little bit until you're somewhat established and can start like picking and choosing what you do. But even when you're established, like there's going to be times like, um, like the situation that you guys are like almost at a point where you could hire somebody to make your lives easier, but you can't quite do it yet. So like, the ebb and flow of work is you guys working a lot more or a normal amount. <laughs> like yeah. there's not like, it's not like a less, it's just normal amount of work or a lot of work. And that's, that's it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that that's a, I think those yeah. are like, it's, it's really soft skills that like, I think make yes. the difference in addition to machining. Yeah. It's skill. like what, I, I mean, I think I ranted about it on the Alex episode, like being good at something just isn't enough. Like, it just doesn't mean anything to people. Like, cause the thing that people are buying from you, like, I mean, in my case, like, and I'm in a, I don't want to say I'm in a unique position, but like relative to like most of the people who listen to this podcast, like I don't make parts all day. I make other, I do it for other people. And so I have to sell myself when there's a shitload of people who say they can do what I can do, but can't. And so like, why are you different? And so I have to like prove that, you know, and it's like a hard thing to overcome because a lot of people say it, you know, like I had a conversation with a guy as I was leaving town yesterday, went and met with this guy who has two machines and hasn't made any parts in like eight months. Cause the first guy I hired was like, I can do all your shit. No problem. Made and worked there for eight months and made nothing. Just like finger fucked those machines <laughs> to oblivion and was like, God, oh, rather cuts titanium than like 17.4 H900. And it's like, what? Like, just like weird stuff where like, I'd rather cut 
titanium than aluminum and you're like what the fuck are you talking about it's like <laughs> but then but then they so they switched it to titanium and he still couldn't cut it and it's like yeah it's like of course so there's there's it's yeah there's just like a sea of people like that that i have to let a like kind of make it hard for me to sell myself because like i'm just some asshole you know um yep yeah <laughs> you're like yes you are <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i meant no i was agreeing with your point i'd be like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah man you're an asshole yeah, Sucks actually, you. Pod, podcast over bye <laughs> yeah um, um. Oh, I, I like this question. Mike Bronson asked, training specifically, why do people want to do uh, in-person training versus videos or documentation? And I, I have a story to go along with this, but I do want to cool. hear your side of it. Yeah. So first off, shout out to Mike. That's my former boss at Methods. He listens to the podcast. And I texted him this morning. I was like, hey, I'm going to record. What do you want us to talk about? And he's like this. He also said something about coolant system this crazy coolant system that's like forty thousand dollars or something but we could get to that later <laughs> but yeah. the training like um yeah i've been thinking like it's interesting that he said this because i do think about this a ton and he brought up a good point is people do learn by doing you know and so they want like but it is very odd sometimes that somebody wants like they want somebody to come like hold their hand almost to like do the thing so it's like it isn't quite learning by doing because like you can watch a video or do like read a document and like figure it out and like some people do have problem like visualizing things i think a combination of both of those things is the best right is like is here's here's some videos of like and some documents on like how to write macros or whatever and if you're having trouble, then I'll come show you how to do it. And we can like go run it on the machine together. But I think the in-person portion of it sometimes is like, like, especially if you're going like, like in my case, like going to somebody is, is either lack of, they like don't know anything, you know, like they're totally green or there's just like a lack of confidence there sometimes. I mean, for me personally, I do like to go to hang out with people. That's like, and I think you can get into the nitty gritty of things, but also you can get into the weeds of things when you're in person and train, like training in person, you can get really lost and sidetracked. And it's like, Oh, what about this? And what about that? And blah, blah, blah. Um, and this is, I don't really have a great answer for this right now. Cause I've just been, I've been thinking about doing more videos and like putting like, I mean, dude, I just told, like, told you the other day, like one of my, one of the things I really want to get going is like, and it's, I talked about it, um, like in the summertime or whatever, maybe like, yeah, I think the summer when I, when I fired up that Google doc with, with like all this, with all that macro stuff and right. parameters and whatever yeah. is like, I really want to get more like resources out there so that people can like learn on their own and people that want to do it. Um, yeah, well, I don't so think I'll say you, like for yeah. me, I definitely like a combination of both and I see yeah. the benefit of both because I can get to a 85 or 90% solution on my own. Usually like watching mm -hmm. videos, doing research, yeah. but it's that last 10% that for me, 
requires doing it. And then that feedback loop of like, okay, I'm doing it. Oh, I made a mistake. I need to correct it. And then yes. sometimes if I don't know how to correct that tiny mistake that's that yeah. lies in that last 10%, that's where I yes. get screwed up. Yeah. That's where I get frustrated. That's where I make mistakes. And so having somebody to hold my hand for that last 10% and provide that mm-hmm. incredibly quick feedback loop of like, oh, no, you yeah. didn't do that right. Oh, no, do yeah. this instead. That's where I find in-person stuff is super handy. Especially if what you're trying to do is like just off of a guide, you know, and you're like not off the path, like you could still see the path, but you're like, it's like, I'm, I'm trying to blaze my own trail a little bit. Yeah. It's Um, it's an edge case. Like, yeah, no documentation is ever going to cover all the edge cases, but like somebody who has been living this usually has seen those ed- edge cases, but it's enough of an exactly. edge case that they didn't document it in their documentation. Yeah, because you can't document everything. And I know for what he, because I mean, we talked about it, is like the stuff that he's talking about is people that like will straight up not do anything and like wait for somebody to show up to like do it. And those type of situations, those type of situations, for, especially from like having lived that experience sucks. Because, um, because somebody will say, I learned from doing, and it's like, okay, so I'm going to show up and show you how to do this. And as soon as I leave, you're going to have questions because now you're going to start doing it yourself. Whereas the, you did this in reverse and you started to play before I got there, then you would come, I would come in to the situation with you somewhat familiar with it and with you ready to ask those questions. Like here, he's talking about like, when you're like, okay, so I think I got it. I can get this to work, but I'm missing so- missing a piece of the puzzle when I try to do this. And it's like, oh yeah, you need to do X instead of Y here. And it's like, oh, duh, obviously. But it's just like, you don't know what you don't know type of situation. Um, Yeah, yeah, it is, it is pretty fascinating. Like I have a customer, potential customer that they're like, okay, so... I've been talking to them for months and they're like, oh, we got to get going. We got to get going. We got to get going. And it's like, okay. So it's like, do you have pot? Like, is the machine installed? And they're like, no. And it's like, when is the machine going to be installed? And they're like, well, you know, we're going to get power. And it's like, we're getting power from another building. And it's like, and then when the electrician, the electrician is going to come, he's going to get power. And then we're going to move the machine. Hold on. What? Like, they're like, yeah. And then, and then it'll get installed. And it's like, I don't think you understand what these like Selway isn't going to install to do that portion of the install. And I I'll confirm it, but they're not going to do final electrical hookup for you like at all. Like you need to get that machine in position and then get the, and then do the, then do the electrical, then have them come. And they're like, yeah. And then when they do the install, we want to have programs for when they do the install so that we could just like, and it's like, like, what are we talking about? Like order of operations here. <laughs> like relax. Yeah, putting the cart before um, the horse for sure. Yeah. 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 Oh boy. Some big ones. Yeah. Um, oh, we like precision. That's an easy one. Yeah. Is there a requirement to be fully tatted to work for Chris going based mm-hmm. off his ads that came out a while uh, back? No, no. So like those were Scoob, not me, but he also has his throat tattooed and his hands tattooed and he's tattooed. But like, when it was when there was four of us, two of them were like lame lamos that didn't have any tattoos, um, and maybe Scoob stuck around so long because we were both tattooed. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> it, 
<laughs> yeah, no requirements. Um, it's just it's just a plus. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> it just then, gives you an extra couple of points on the interview. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, cool. You're not a nerd. <laughs> AM, well, metals. AM metals. Yeah, yeah, what happened to your CAD CAM training thing? You kind of just mentioned it. Just too yeah. many irons into the fire for now. Yeah, and you know, like, I mean, the whole like my mom died thing and right. That just yeah. kinda like kinda like threw me off. So it is something that we want to get back to for sure. It's just like it kind of took a back seat because like my brain was fried for like three fucking months. I'm just like trying to get back to like good sustainable portion and then we'll fucking we'll fire we'll be firing that up probably realistically it won't be till like the second half of this year because just have like a lot more shit to get out of the way totally uh johnny woods asked battle for the 30k machines and dylan doing more video stuff so i can handle yeah. the second part of that much like you i, I kind of have a lot on my plate right now yeah uh i might probably going to do a video just shot on my phone real quick of like a walk through our shop currently Ooh. just so that we have like a good before and after yeah yeah uh, of like here's what eight years in the same thousand square feet does for you and then here's what <laughs> yeah. quadru- you know five xing that does so mm-hmm. uh i'll probably do that i want to do one well if i have time of like three lessons we've learned being stuck in a small shop like yeah. things that we have learned that helps us with that. Uh, there, none of them are, you know, amazing, but they're things that yeah. people might not think of. Yeah. You just like kind of had to Marie Kondo hardcore. The Gosh. like, well, we can't really get this because like, where is it going to go? Yep. Uh, so you have to be more strategic with your purchases. Not like Easton or whatever. He's got, he's got a ton of space over there. But now, now, now you can be like, hey, who's fucking stuffed in their shop now? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Is, is my office also fucking final inspection? No, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have a real inspection room for once. That's for sure. Glass door. It's really cool looking. I'm honest. Don't even know if I'm going to take one of the offices. Like I might have an office that I like put my bag down in and change my shoes out in. Yeah. But my computer is going to be on the floor. I oh. think I'm just going to have like a mobile desk that I just yeah. plug in wherever I'm working. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that, or I'm just going to buy a laptop and remote into my desktop and leave it in the mm-hmm. office. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure which one I want to do yet, but mm-hmm. well, uh, the podcast studio, obviously. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that's not my office. Like that would just be yeah the podcast <laughs> studio. Dang. Excuse me that you can have two different spaces. You have a place <laughs> to put your backpack and then also podcasting studio. Excuse me. Maybe a little bit of the same. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. I don't know what Johnny means about the battle for the 30K machines. He's he talking about like, yeah, he did. Because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? But it's like basically because Titan started repping Sil or Sile or whatever. And he was repping Tormach for a while. So like which one is like, which one's better? Seems like the Sil is better. Um, but yeah. like, But I have no fucking idea, really. I've never used either one of them. Um it seems like people that have sills are much happier with them than Tormox, but I yeah. don't know. They, they seem more industrial. I heard that the control is kind of dog shit. Like it's a Chinese copy of a Fanuc control. So, yeah. you know, what can you expect? But you can get them, I think, with Siemens and maybe Fanuc as well. That's such a bizarre, like, they're like, 
this is a thirty thousand dollar machine, but you can spend another thirty thousand dollars and put a Siemens control, an A forty Di on it if you want to. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, cool. But I will be interested to see where this all goes because, like, I know the big Probably. detractor from Sill for the longest time was no support. Like there yeah. was like some third party guy who serviced them, I think, and yeah. you would get parts directly from China for them. But now the, there will be a a local, relatively local place to get them from. That's so Titan is repping them. He's like distributing them. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense why they brought Keith in then. Yep. Good old Keith Grano to fucking give him a call. Yeah, um, exactly. I do. Th- my only problem with it is yeah. the fact that this is the man that has been preaching built in America for yeah. eight years now or whatever. Yeah, but he's got Dusans and fucking oh, I know. whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know to go so far away from that to be shilling a Chinese, Chinese mill through and yeah, through yeah. Yeah. is a little, it grinds my gears a little bit. I'll say show that. Show me the money, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to do incredibly well with it. Like, I think it's an, an a really good deal for them. It yeah. just like, it's like, all right, you know, can we just drop this whole act of like, America first, then, if you're going to do that. Like, yeah. you were all Haas yeah, first, I mean, and then... We're, like, PUBG, China number one, you know? Um, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm curious, too, because, like, it is quite the operation, like, like machine tool distribution is, like, not easy. <laughs> like, company... Like, I mean, I think the he's in a good position because he's got a shitload of money. Um, you're going to, like, you don't really get people sucking your dick so hard when your machines aren't working, you know? It's like, right. and your service is like, you're going to like boom my machine back into, back to life or what? Like, it's not working. So let's yeah. go. I, I do wonder where they're going to store them all too, because like they have a, a fair bit of empty space you can see in their videos, but yeah. they've also been getting massive machines, like these yeah. giant hellers and these, you know, giant Well, they just other crash machines. the shit out of them and then sell them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see i think we already so from the patreon brad was you know saying hope we're both doing well new shopped up updates which we covered uh i think you've covered your side ventures outside of consulting like you're going to be working on videos and and training and all of that stuff this year and he wants to grow up to be like me someday which is sweet yeah yeah you know when he grows up it's i mean these are tough shoes to fill but uh it's really not that hard. <laughs> uh, all right. Last question. Charles Woolridge asked GD&T on the shop floor. Are people using it and how do you train for it? I, I think like you're, I mean, you're literally qualified to answer this question. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah. Well, I'll go. I have worked with machinists that know GD&T fairly well. I've worked with a lot of machinists. G- Machinists that don't understand GD&T at all, they think it makes making parts harder, mm-hmm. which is the exact opposite of what it does if used <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, training, like there's a million places to get training. I Now that I have passed my test, mm-hmm. which I don't think I've said on the podcast, I, I posted about it, but I yeah. passed. It was supposed to be a six-hour test. I think I took two hours to do it. We're fucking flexing I, over here. I haven't seen you post any pictures like that of like your measuring equipment. Say that like, hey, I'm measuring my parts today. 
Um, I I don't think that anybody could take six hours. Like I would be shocked if you took six hours on it. It's like a hundred something questions. I had enough time to, because you can go through and mark questions that you don't know the answer to. You can mark them or you can leave them blank and then you can sort at the end by marked just blank ones and then the whole thing. And so I marked a bunch, went back through all my marked ones and then went back through the entire test and took a 10 minute break in there and like only took two hours. And I was like, oh, well, this is, yeah, no, like I appreciate that they gave you a a million years for it. But like, I I wasn't like even the text test proctors, because it's not like a third party testing site. They were like six hours. What the hell? And I'm like, oh, yeah, Yeah. you and me both, buddy. SATs, baby. Yeah. Uh, But so now that I've passed it, I can say for sure. I use GDNT Basics and I took their three course bundle, which I think mm-hmm. is like 600 bucks or something like that for all three. And I felt fairly well prepared. I mean, I had, I also bought the standard. I also bought a few different uh, prep books yeah. as well. But um, if you're looking for a ch- not cheap way, but like an easy way to train up your people, I think that that course is actually very worth it. And like they have yeah. just print reading and dimensioning, they have, middle of the road GDT stuff which i think is what most shop personnel you would want and mm-hmm. then they have like advanced GDT, which is like interpretation and assigning datums and uh like advanced profile advanced you know all of that kind of stuff so yeah i think like one of the hardest things that we kind of run into like outside of knowing it is like the there's like the knowing it and then knowing how to adjust the machine to like fix it you know and I think that's like the weird crossroads of the whole situation. Cause it's like, oh, if the, if it's off this way, like, cause it's tied to datums, like what is the thing that you need to fix to make it correct? And having worked and been in a lot of shops that are making parts with GDNT, I can like a lot of places, like the guys on the floor, they're measuring parts, but they're not like, they're not doing GDNT, like true position calculations, like on the floor, you know? Right. Um, oh, speaking of that, this is a trick that I picked up at my last job. If you take, so let's say you have a, a two axis true position, yeah. like, you know, X and Y deviations. If you take the bigger of the deviations and multiply it by two mm-hmm. and then take the smaller deviation and divide it in half and add them together, you get within like a 10th or yeah. two tenths of what's cool. the, if you actually do the equation. So yeah, it's a very easy way to approximate what the true position is. I mean, if you're like right on the line, then you need yeah. to go take it to a calculator or a piece of paper and actually mm-hmm. do it out. But like, yeah. you know, if it's a 5,000 true position and that equation gives you two, you're good. Mm-hmm. Like very yeah. clearly. Yeah. And I guess like on that note, I've seen some stuff and I just like word to the wise for people like getting into it or whatever is like, if you like say cut the OD of a part with a tool and then cut like a bore with that same tool, just because like one measures one way doesn't mean the other one's going to measure the same because of like tool pressure and acceleration and deceleration and stuff like that. Like it just doesn't work that way. So like don't take for, don't take for granted dimensions. Make sure to measure everything on your part. <laughs> Um, I worked at a shop that is no law, don't, doesn't exist anymore, thankfully. Um, that 
I remember it was like my first week there and I was working night shift and there was a giant part in a VF six or a VF nine that we were doing. And we had a small ass CMM and they were like, Oh, we need you to do the first article inspection report for this to ship out because you have a little bit of experience in this (laughs) and we're down an inspector. And I'm like, all right. And I was like, Hey, how am I going to check the outer dimensions of this? And they were like, Oh, well this small pocket, is cut with the exact same tool so just measure that and then put the same deviation on that on all the all the other dimensions that that cuts i'm like no you're like i you're like i have enough experience to know that that's wrong (laughs) fuck well i told him i was like i will i will do the math for you but i'm not signing this i was like this is this is not my work like this (laughs) this is on you guys (laughs) yeah exactly which i think is like absolutely fair you know because like it just you you cannot expect a tool to do that, you know, like, and if you are like, maybe you need to chill out. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just like, it gets very, gets very scary out there. And that's just like, and really it's, it's just comes back to like, um, if you're, if you're doing that, like the, the odds of, of quality defects go way up and having parts returned like for what? You know, like checking another, checking another thing, like put a pin in it, do whatever. Use calipers on calipers, mics on the outside, pins on the inside. Oh, it's different. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. It's almost like it's not the same cut. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think that there's plenty of training out there that you can use. Uh, I think that that's another one of those things where like, even if they go through that class, you need to put them in a position where they're using it and like in yes. addition to that class. Yeah. Cause learning all this like theoretical stuff and then so much of the standard and so much of like the way people teach GD and T is absent of physical inspections. Yeah. Like you need a way to abstract all of this out to like, okay, I'm at a surface plate with an indicator and a height <laughs> stand. Yeah. How do I check this shit? Yeah. That, and like that, I mean, truthfully that goes for like all training um in general is like because people it's like i really need to learn macros and it's like okay why and it's like well because i need to know them and it's like what are we going to build like what what is the macro that you want to build and if you can't answer that question then you probably don't need to learn how to do macros because like what do you like i can teach you you can learn but then if you don't use it then who cares yeah it's not going to stick exactly yeah yeah it's just need to like you just need the reps so it's like yeah i mean like oh true position is this like tight okay <laughs> like how do right. i get that from there like how do i how do i get that while like how can i measure it while the part's still in the machine um so that i know like oh like i can i can use my bonus tolerance to get this thing in in spec you know or whatever or some shit like that um yeah well like an example of that is and this is kind of higher level GD&T, but like if you have a material modifier on a datum in your true position thing. Oh, yeah. So that's maximum material boundary. And I yep. see a, I've see i seen a lot of inspectors give you extra tolerance on your true position yeah. if that datum is a, of a different size. Yeah. And that's not how it works. It's very and, interesting. Yeah, because it's like, it's it's more of like where that datum is in like location. So you like right. you kind of see that like fucking applied materials is famous for this 
They just have like a big ass hole through the part. Boom. And that is datum B almost always like datum A is a face. Datum B is a big ass hole through the part. And then there's a bolt circle without fail around that big ass hole. And it has a tooth out true position with the maximum, maximum boundary condition on the B. Right. Um, on the B hole. Yep. Always on the B hole. Yeah. Cause like you want to be able to like get around the B hole, but like right. sometimes you got to get right in there. Uh, so I actually found out. So what you get is you get what's called datum shift. And it yes. means that you take all of your simultaneous requirements. So any other true positions that have that exact same datum structure. So if it's an A, B with MMB and mm-hmm. C, they have to yeah. be exactly the same. And if all of those features can shift the same way that you're wanting to shift, yeah. that the half of whatever you're wanting to shift, then you can do it. And yeah. the thing is, is the last job I had, we had someone come in and when we asked him about MMB, the only way he would describe it is, oh, well, your CMM program will handle that. Don't worry about it. It'll, and we were like, we're manually checking some of these parts. Yeah. What does that mean when we're manually checking mm-hmm. them on a manual CMM? Can we shift it? And he right. could not give us the answer. And I'm like, dude, this is useless then. Like, don't, yeah. don't do yeah. this. It is, it is crazy. Cause like I worked with an inspector who like what the way that those prints worked is that only that, like, at least in the applied materials thing is like only the bold circle had that shift. And he would not apply the shift or if he applied the shift, he would apply it to every fucking thing that there was and whether it had the boundary condition or not. And so it's like, well, we just need to add it to this. And he's like, I can't have to apply it, shift everything. And it's like, you don't have to shift everything. You just have to shift this one. And when you do the shift with the one, then the, then we're okay. But when you shift it all, then you make the part bad. Like, why are you doing this? And then he sent us a video that described exactly how you described it. And it's like, yes, exactly. <laughs> like, why are what? you not like, you're not doing, why, why did you say like, you're wrong? <laughs> like what, yeah. what, what did you do? Well, and the reason you get that shift is that, so if there's just a datum called out, like let's say B without MMB is just yeah. a hole. The way that you simulate that datum physically and you're allowed to per the standard is a expanding mandrel. So mm-hmm. like it's always going to be on the true position that it grabs it on this expanding mandrel. But on yeah. a datum with MMB, yeah. you actually take the virtual it's, condition. So yes. like if it's a hole, you take the smallest of the hole, you subtract mm-hmm. the true position, and then that is like pin now that sits in the center of the hole. And you can yeah. shift up to the edge of that pin. Yeah. And it's, that's where you get your shift from. This was like... God, I'm like getting so fucking worked up about this because I can think of like one one part in particular where they refused to do it because they didn't know how. And it's like, if we use this, the part will be good. And they're like, well, just make it good. Just make it perfect. Just do like, it perfect. Yeah. Well, they're like, you can't, zero, re- dude. they're like, you can't rely on that. You got to make it to the print. It's like, but that's on the print. So like, can we just like add this in there? I know that we can add it in there because it's only like, it's just this bolt circle. And like, we're so on the edge that it will come in and it did. And like, but I had to do it. I stayed to second shift and then had the second shift guy change the CMM program so that it had it in there. And then they're like, oh, the parts are good. And it's like, yeah, crazy. So weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah, to get back to the point, 
plenty of training out there. Make sure they have practical applications. Yeah. Everyone should be using it on the shop floor. Like yeah. it's at least if you have prints that call it out. I mean, I guess if you're dealing with engineers that call out rectilinear dimensions, yeah, you can't, but, but dude, but like nowadays, like a lot, I mean, it just depends on who your customer is, right? Like I haven't dealt with like Apple or Facebook or whatever, but I've dealt with like RS verb intuitive, whatever, like kind of younger companies. And that you have like younger engineers and they're just putting like GDNT on fucking everything, you know? And it's like crazy tight. So to like you, what you end up doing if you're not doing the, the GDNT on the floor is like you just start overwhelming your quality department on like a bigger company. Or like in your case, you're probably just doing a lot of math all the time <laughs> to make sure that your shit is good. Cause it's like, does this need to be a fucking tooth out true position to three datums? And it's like, right. Like I'm making the mating part. I know it doesn't need to be that tight. It's <laughs> like, yeah, what the fuck? Um, I, I've got one customer that is fantastic at GDNT. Like every yeah. time I get parts from him, I know I'm not going to have to worry about it. Like I know if something is tight, it's intentionally tight, and like yeah. he actually needs it. Don't question it, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna ask you off mic who that is because I think I know. But um, <laughs> all yeah. right. Well, we've kind of gone over shop news and new things. So let's jump in. Last two questions every week. What have you been researching? Um, this week has just been a lot of like, it's just been a lot of marketing stuff, you know, um, kind of getting like I was telling you, like I have Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro. So I'm going to just like, I've been, I've made some videos in that before and I'm just going to really dive into it. So I've just been, cause I like, I've been taking shitloads of videos and pictures um, so it's all kind of like media and marketing related to get my shit like really, really dialed in. Cause I want to start, I've been like slowly building out like a schedule of like how I want to like post things or whatever. Um, and, and getting permission to do that too. <laughs> That's important. Cause I mean, we all do all our work is NDA work, but at a certain point it's like, oh, this is a cool thing that I want my cut. I want our customers to see that too. So it's like, yeah, go, f go for it. So, um, like the big one is the turnkey that we just worked on like like that I've been kind of posting. I got permission to start posting stuff about that and then talk to them about doing like a cross cross promotional video, um, that they're like involved with to, and they're like, yeah, what, and then that they want to be, that they want to distribute it as well. So that's pretty sick. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to probably start like, which instantly is like, okay, I have a lot of work to do now, but it's like, that is huge. And then I guess also kind of thinking about this, this is kind of shop news, new things a little bit, which is the last one. I kind of ranted about the whole gun thing I have like, and since then I've just had so many fucking gun companies hitting me up that I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going to lean into it. I'll do gun. What I'll do all the gun stuff. I don't care. Hey, you want me to do your gun stuff? Like kind of wish I was going to shot show. I've had people like ask me like, why aren't you going to shot show? Like you should set up a booth at shot show. I might actually do that next year is set up a booth at shot show. It's like, I make gun stuff. <laughs> That's what I do. And like, we're good at it. It's, it's really not that crazy. I can I mean, see it now. Big banner, <laughs> ZC, your yeah. shot at, at process perfection. <laughs> yeah. I will I will obliterate your your <laughs> downtime or whatever. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's what I've been researching. What about you? Riggers? Uh, electricians? <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously all the new building stuff and like stupid stuff like, oh, where am I getting like urinal cakes from? And like, you know, bathroom <laughs> shit from. Yeah. Um, but no, the thing that I have been researching and I shared it with you and Alex was Obsidian. Oh, the and note. And it's this. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. like a note taking thing. I find the best use case for me because like I don't really... I'm I am looking towards like a remarkable or something because I do like handwritten notes and like being able to draw and stuff. Have you seen the desktop, buddy? It's like a it's like a little like whiteboard that's like this big that goes on uh, like above your keyboard. I think I keep getting ads for it, on dude. Instagram. Jason, Jason, and I just bought. <laughs> Are they I'm cool? Like, like they haven't shown up yet, but I'm like, this looks pretty fucking sick. <laughs> like, oh yeah, it looks like exactly what I like what you're talking because it's like. Sometimes I just want to be able to like write down something without like, it's just like to write shit down. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, like realistically that I've had this idea for a long time and I'll just put it out there because I want somebody to do something with it. But like, Mm -hmm. I think, I think ERPs would have an infinitely better adoption rate from like older people in the shop, if there was a ruggedized e-ink tablet that could display prints and that they could draw on and write notes on and stuff like that. But outside of that, I've been wanting one just for meetings and, Mm -hmm. you know, daily tasks and stuff. But Obsidian, the way it works is that it is a node-based note system. So as you create a node, it's it's all in markdown language, I think it's called. But as you create a link it creates a node and then you can just create a bunch of links and they actually don't highlight until you've clicked on them and then it creates a new page. So for me, like learning stuff, you know, like for me starting to learn five axis and like going down that rabbit hole, I like just went and like typed up a five axis page and then I was like five axis tool pass, five axis tooling, five axis work holding. And then when I go, you can go to a node view and you can actually see it looks like a, a constellation or something. And I can yeah. see which nodes are not uh, bright yet. And I can say, oh, I need to fill information in there. Oh, and I can really go in cool. and fill it in later. So like, yeah. I can give myself a framework for learning and then go in and I'll know when I filled it in because then it becomes bright. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And you, I think I can pay, I'm paying like eight bucks a month or something like that for their sync thing. Cause it's all yeah. local too. That's the best thing about it is yeah. it's not a cloud system. If obsidian closed down tomorrow, I'd still have the app on my desktop. I'd still have the app on my phone. I would that's, just lose the crosstalk between them. That's tight. And like, yeah, that was like, I didn't finish watching that video that you sent, but he was like, notion kind of fucking eats ass. Cause they, they like really want to hold on to all your information. Even if you download it, it's like in a proprietary language that you can't use without their stuff. And it's like, what the fuck is that? Right. Well, I just want to take notes, man. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm just so tired of like all of these software as a service companies like, oh, you can put your pictures here and you can put your notes in another place. And it's like, I just, I want to own my stuff and just be able to access it where I want. Like, is that so hard? And so like, this gives me that, that note ability and then you can upload pictures, you can upload files. Like I've got, I've got a, a node on, on for every one of my, sh- for every one of my machines, I have a yeah. node for every one of those has a node that branches off for the post processor. And I've got the post processor linked in there just in case I've got service history in there and I've uploaded 
pictures and emails and all that stuff and like the service history so I can go through and then everything is searchable like by just word and it'll find every single node and every single page that has that word in it. That sounds cool. Might have to fire that up. Um, Cause like, I don't know. I have a hard time with it. Cause like I, the biggest thing I want, like I was saying in the group chat was like, I just want to be able to like literally write and like, and that's why I really, I like, I don't really enjoy Microsoft that much, but OneNote just has that fucking locked in where you can scale it. It's like you have like an infinitely big like notebook page and stuff and you can put pictures in it and files in it and like draw and stuff. And it's like, fuck on an iPad. It's like pretty legit, but that does sound really cool. Yeah. I'm digging it so far, but we'll see how long it lasts. Like if I continue using it, like I'll give myself like six months, use it. And then if I continue to use it, great. And if not, I'll stop paying for it and I'll still have all the data there. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then what are the things you're working on to be a better person, leader, all that stuff? I don't know. Cause like the, like the whole scoop situation is throwing me for a loop a little bit. So kind of, um, like I'm probably going to have to like, I guess evaluate how I'm doing things or something, or like, maybe it's not me, it's him or whatever. Um, (laughs) but but yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess I'm just trying to be like more organized with how the business runs and everything. So it's not so scattershot. Cause like when I brought employees in for the first time, it was just like very haphazard um, and not very dialed in. So I've learned a lot since then in like the last like two years or whatever. Um, so like, thing i like i've been really working in asana and our systems front end back end whatever to make sure like when like because it's not like an if it will be a when somebody comes and works for zc again like it'll just be like this is what we do no questions you know or like there'll be questions obviously but like it'll be like a pretty dialed in framework of like this is how pre-sale works this is how projects work this is how this works blah 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 Um, so that's kind of the stuff I've been working on. And I mean, I'm always like, the biggest thing is like just trying to, from like a leading standpoint is just trying to be, um, keep the, I don't know if this like counts, but just like working on the sales aspect of things to like, keep, keep the pipeline full. Um, and always having like work in there. So it's like the ebb and flow isn't as like gnarly, you know? Um, And that's been, I mean, I basically didn't work for like three months last year. So that's been kind of a little bit of a hectic thing to get back into the swing of things, but um, I'm fresh. So I guess the biggest thing I'm working on is trying to be present, like especially with my wife. Like I, especially right now, because I'm so stressed and like literally split between two shops and home. Um. Like I find myself just constantly on my phone and constantly distracted and I'm still having to really like always been kind of shit at that anyway. Yeah. And now I have to like triple down on it. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's a really good one. Cause like, yeah, it's fucking hard. Like, 
but like I find that like it is the active thing always, right? Where you're like, I work is life, life is work. <laughs> this is my like my it's so easy when you're in the situation that you're in to be like, I have to work because like our livelihood literally depends on us being on this being successful. So you can like easily justify putting everything off to focus on work. And that's like, and it's like, it's crazy. It's, it is actually like really crazy how easy it is to just be like, I'm out of here. <laughs> you know, I got stuff to do and it's like, no, everything's important. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I struggle with it for sure. So yeah. uh, that is what I'm working on. Yeah. Uh, well, man, thanks so much for yeah. taking the time. To, yeah. Dude, I do this every week. <laughs> uh, uh, we have two book clubs, right? At some yes. point. Yeah. We're There's doing Toyota Kata with Alex. Well, yeah, that with Alex, but I don't remember what the one Jason recommended. Thinking is. fast and slow. Thinking fast and slow. I need to get that, that copy going. I need yeah. to get both of them actually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are the two book clubs coming up. Definitely grab the books, join along with us. That will be in the next month or so. Yeah. We'll get those done. Both of them. Oh, ambitious. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. You're like, I'll, I'll fucking do, I'll read two books and have book club and move my shop in a, in a month. Fucking flexing you know on us over I, here. I am I, I, never more productive than when I have too much helping on my plate. So that's a good point. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, I like Toyota Kata a lot. I haven't read the other one yet. I've been really, I've been really dialed into uh, Sarah J. Mass, like her whole thing. That's like a court of Thorn and roses. Your uh-huh. wife probably reads that. Um, sure does. <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> yeah the fairy smut. And I didn't really like. I like stopped reading the A Court of Third of Roses series because like the third and fourth books are kind of dog shit. The second book is like really horny. And the third and fourth one, they're just like a mess. They're like, they're not horny and they're just a total mess. And you're like, what the fuck is this? And I thought she was like a bad writer. Um, and then I started the Thorn of Glass series and like, those are, she's like really fucking, she's actually like a really good writer. It's like, she's, it's like she built a fan base off of Thorn of Glass and was like, what if I took all of the world building out of this and just made a horny ass like book series <laughs> and you're like and that's what a court of thorn and roses is and you're okay. like oh I, I see it now but okay throne of glass is sick and i've also like been reading sanderson too like miss born and stormlight and blah 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 Okay. It's like reading so much. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I need to. I, I know my wife has been wanting me to read at least one of those mass books, just yeah, like sure, so I I'm know sure. what she's reading. Yeah, you should read the one that she would probably appreciate you reading would be A Court of Mist and Fury. That's the second one, um, chapter fifty four, chapter fifty five. That's the <laughs> one that that's the one that gets them going. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll have to read. That. I've been reading, I read through the entire, um, what is it called? Foundation trilogy. Oh, shit. Because I've okay. been watching some of the show That's and then. Asimov? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I read through that and I was like, man, they really, like, I like this show on Apple TV or whatever, but yeah. like, 
the real plot line of the foundation series is so much fucking better than the movie <laughs> or than the show. Classic. It's like, and it, what's crazy to me is it's the second book has the craziest twist in like any sci-fi book I've read in a long time. Yeah. And they're not building towards that at all. I can tell in the, oh. the show. And it's like, how could you leave this out? Like, this is a better storyline. Yeah. Like significantly like, better. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck you fans. Yeah. And then now I just started the whole Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series. Cause I, I think I've only read the first one and I've never yeah. read the rest of them. I didn't realize there was a series. I just thought it was the first one. I think there's two or three. There's like, I think the oh, second sure. one is like the restaurant guide to the galaxy or something. Uh, okay. And then oh, I don't remember the third Michelin one. Michelin star in space, baby. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a super sci-fi nerd. So yeah. that's what I'm going through right now. Tight. Have you read any Sanderson? Mm-mm, no. Dude, I, I've man. heard really good things. Yeah. It's born. I would start with Mistborn. It's sick. Okay. Yeah. Just that first book. It's like magical heist, basically. That's the easiest way to describe it. Magical. Sounds like fun. Yeah. I'm dumb down. Totally. It's sick. Yeah. All righty, man. Well, let's wrap it here. Thank you so much. Thanks to all the Patreon members who make the show possible. And I will be back next week.